195 pounds, Cowboy Bill Watt. There's a comment. When you get beat by Bundy, you know you've been beat. And Santana catches it again from the spoiler. In the Georgia Championship area, like it or not. Woo! Championship Wrestling and Clash of the Champions is on the air. Welcome once again to the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I am intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Back again for yet another review of a classic wrestling show. But first, we will begin, as always, talking a little bit of current pro wrestling as tonight, September 25th. 2016, it's the Clash of Champions. Yes. Not the Clash of the Champions. The Clash of Champions. For WCW fans, it's close enough. It gets us a little excited and happy, so, you know. Now, we're taping this. We've already seen the first three matches. Nia Jax defeated Alicia Fox. The New Day retained the tag team titles against Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. And TJ Perkins retained his newly won cruiserweight belt over Brian Kendrick. But for the remaining card... Let's go over our predictions. Chris Jericho versus Sami Zayn. Who you got? Sami Zayn. Why? Because I think they're going to start using Chris Jericho as a jump start for careers. I think Chris Jericho will win this match. Because I think we are heading to a Kevin Owens-Chris Jericho breakup and a feud between the two of them. Chris Jericho's got one last shot at a title. Survivor Series is happening in Toronto. So two Canadians. You never know. Super. It would be super over in Canada. So I'm going to pick Y2J over Sami Zayn. Then we have the Raw Women's Championship match. A triple threat. Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and Bayley. Who you got? I got Sasha Banks. The legit boss. You think that she's going to get her belt back only two months after losing it? I got Sasha Banks. I think it's going to set up for... A title swap back and forth until uh, they end up doing some sort of a legitimacy, conforming the title with like a cage match or something like that with women's, you know, with the women's title. So. I think Charlotte needs to keep it here uh, because Dana Brooke. They're ultimately building Dana Brooke and Charlotte. So and Brooke needs a lot of building because she sucks. I mean, how do you how do you figure she sucks though? We she haven't ever seen she her. Can't cut a promo. She can't wrestle. Yeah, but we haven't seen her wrestle. She's that much. Doing, yeah, she's miserable to watch. She's a horrible person to have to deal with. I just don't like her. Okay. <laughs> Good enough. Then we have the United States Championship on the line. It's Rusev with Lana versus Roman Reigns. I got Rusev. 
I mean, the title would do nothing for Roman Reigns. He's already a three-time world champion. He doesn't need the U.S. belt. He's already a main eventer, so I agree. Rusev should retain here. Then we have the best of seven series, Cesaro and Sheamus. Who takes home Thank God, this the is best over. of seven that no one wanted? That nobody wanted. Thank God this is over. I really don't care, but if I have to pick, I'm going to go with Cesaro. Cesaro at least has some upside to him. Sheamus, it's over, pal. There's there's nothing more to do with Sheamus. Yeah. No, it's it's terrible. Yeah. And finally, the main event tonight, Kevin Owens, the champion, will take on Seth Rollins. How do you see this one going? Owens. Yeah, it's too early. You can't he just won the belt you four weeks ago. Right. You can't take it off of him yet. You see some uh, Triple H interference here? I see that in the future, yes. And I see a build up with uh Triple H and Rollins. Triple H and Rollins, yeah. Okay. Other news and notes from around the week. Cody Rhodes is now in TNA, but he's not Cody Rhodes anymore, Patrick. The WWE, those petty guys at the WWE will not let him use the Rhodes name, so he'll be wrestling as Cody. This is such bullshit. Straight up. And I don't care if I offend whoever. He comes from the line of the Rhodes family. He is known as being Dusty Rhodes' son. I mean, the Rhodes name in and of itself is not property of the WWE. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Petty WWE. They won't lose a dime if he calls himself Cody Rhodes somewhere. Right. I mean, all they gave a damn about was calling him Stardust. And that's the reason he left to begin with. And that goes to show you just how stupid their marketing crew is on that on that uh, that part. Now, his wife is signed to wrestle as well, and she will be wrestling as Brandy Rhodes because they never called her that right. in WWE. Now, how do you think she'll transition to a wrestler? I thought she was always just uh, an interviewer. I, I've never seen her wrestle before, so I'm curious to see whether or not she can actually get in the ring and go or if it's going to be more of a uh, take your top off, show your ta-tas just to... <laughs> Get away. I don't think TNA's doing that these days. They might. They might go back towards that. You think they're going to give Vince Russo a call and go th- back I to they may, bra and panties I matches? I think they may start going back, yeah. I, I think we're I think we're past that, unfortunately. But here's, here's my thing. Number one, I would love to watch TNA. But who in the hell in the Southeast has pop TV? It's true. you got to pay extra for it. It's not, it's not a product worth paying extra for. No. If it's not on the regular dial. I would love to watch... Uh, Lucha, Lucha Underground. Underground. We, we don't even have that here. There are ways to get that, but it involves watching it online. So Yeah, I mean... I'm They're s- making it difficult for you, Patrick, to keep up with every wrestling out there. So I'm, I'm trying my best here, fans, but just bear with me, you know. I mean, and you're already committed to so many hours with WWE a week. That's it. It's you're, you're fully booked. You have to eat and sleep at some point in time. It's true. Even you. Even the most fanatical of wrestling fans, That's Patrick true. Young. That is true. Has to eat and sleep. You got anything else from this week? Uh, on the network, we had uh, on the JBL Oh, I saw this, yes. With, the uh, Outsiders. Yes. Hall and Nash. Uh, have you seen it yet? Have you actually I actually watched? watched this, yes. I enjoyed it very well. It was very eye-opening. It was mm. a new look from how they left to go to WCW. It was not necessarily just, oh, they came and they took over, yada, yada, bull. It was a more in-depth look as to why they left in conversations behind the scenes with Vince. Back from- yeah, I enjoyed the bits about uh, the contract negotiations and going to Vince about getting a, a, a raise and yeah. them saying no, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I also enjoyed some of the stuff about the curtain call. I hadn't heard some of that before. 
The rest of it, I'd pretty much it heard was the before. Same stuff, but I mean, still though, it was I enjoyed it. It was a uh, it was a new look towards uh, conversations, like we said. So uh, I don't. I greatly dislike JBL as the host of this show. He's he doesn't add anything. He doesn't make the show worse, but he doesn't add any. It's just like me or you could be sitting there and just. Oh, I could do 10 times better than JBL. He just asked generic questions and... I could do 10 times better, you could do 100 times better. Compared to, like, the Austin podcast, I really like Austin's podcast on the network better than Legends with JBL, but whatever. I mean, I'm with you on that. I would like to see more Legends sit down with Austin on the podcast. I think that would be interesting. I miss the show Legends Roundtable yeah. that you and I used to watch on Classics On Demand. Exactly. I loved that thing. I love Legends Roundtable, and uh, I don't know why they don't jump, jump right on that ship and bring it back. Because there's a lot of people. We're not the only ones. There's a lot of people actually asking for that. Anything else you got? My last thing is, uh, you know, bear with me on this soapbox, but I've got a gripe. WWE 2K17 coming out. Yeah, you have every WWE 2K video game that's ever been out. So all video gamers out there, it's getting ready to come out. We're three weeks away. They every year in October. They announced unlockables, the... You downloadable know, the, characters. The downloadable characters, the season pass, all that this week. And... Within that, we have the fabulous Freebirds. Now, when I saw that in my list, I went completely ape shit. Holy hell, like, I was an eight-year-old. Some of those guys have never been featured in any WWE no, games. No, So I went, like, to a little eight-year-old kid. I was ecstatic. You Giddy. Know, you know how me and, and the Freebirds are. Especially with Terry Bam Bam Gordy and my childhood. Well, of course, and he's from this area. The problem with this is we have <laughs> the one and only... Michael PSAs. Yeah. Okay. Jimmy Jam Garvin. Oh, yeah, man. Here we go. And Buddy Roberts. Okay. But no fucking Terry Gordy. <laughs> Pardon my French. What in the hell? I feel like they do this every year, though. They always just leave out the most obvious guy. The muscle of the Freebirds. The one that everybody looked to to come in and clean house was Terry Gordy. So that would be kind of one of your main. It would be people. like putting the four horsemen in and saying, well, we forgot Ric Flair. Exactly. I what mean, in the hell were they thinking? There were less Freebirds than four horsemen. There were a ton of four horsemen. Yeah. There were only four of these guys, and they can't get all four of them? And the, also... We have the uh, Sportatorium. The world-class Sportatorium is going to be an actual arena. And you're not going to be able to play as Terry Gordy in the Sportatorium. And you have Kerry and Kevin Von Erich, but you don't have David. You don't have, I mean, you literally only have Kerry and Kevin Von Erich to play as in the game. What the hell? That's just laziness. It is. There's no excuse. If you're going to show world-class and put a Sportatorium, I mean... Why not put the whole four-on-four four Von Eriks Freebirds? If you're going to do it, it was actually three If you're going to do it, do it but right. if you're going to do it, do it right. Or don't fucking do it at all. Yeah. I'm sorry, Patrick. I, I know how disappointed you I must am. be. Like, I don't now use, you're going to have to download a created I Terry Gordy, and it's not the I same. I don't use the F word very much, and I am pissed. Like, I really am. So, yeah, it's made me extremely angry, but... uh WWE, get your shit together. Get with 2K. Come on. You can still save time. We we have plenty plenty more months to go to be able to throw a Terry Gordy in there last minute. Okay? It's, it's bait and switch, too, because they can say, oh, the Freebirds are in the game. And so if you don't ask questions, you just assume that they're all there. That's it. Because I was, like I said, it wasn't until I started doing more in-depth look at the matches that I realized, oh, well, you know. It would have been great if he was in the game and then they put, like, Japanese arenas in it and you have Terry Gordy from when he went to Japan. Yeah. Yeah, they dropped the ball. 
big time. And you're you're spotlighting WCW from last game and this game from you know '93 '94 era. Hell, he was part of one of the greatest tag teams in WCW history with Doctor Death Steve Williams. What were they called? Did they have a they tag? They didn't name? have a tag team. Oh, okay. They just literally went in there, cleaned house, and held the WCW tag titles longer than. I would say longer than the Outsiders. I could be wrong, but I would. I mean, they were up there as the two or three longest tag teams in WCW history. So if you're spotlighting that in the last game and this game as well, why in the hell would you not? <laughs> I think the problem is 2K, whoever develops this game, they're not wrestling fans, so they don't know. They don't know what a sin it is to put the Freebirds in without all the Freebirds. I mean, that's in the older WWF games on the N64, Ukes, the company that developed a lot of them, AKI, yes. Aki, or whatever. Whatever you want to call it. They I'm were big wrestling fans. These were geeks putting these games together, so they didn't leave people out. They, they pretty much had very inclusive rosters. Those games are looked back fondly for how well they play, too, because they just understood the flow of pro wrestling. WWF No Mercy is the greatest wrestling game, I think, out there, and it stands from, from the Nintendo 64. 20 years later. 20, 25 years later, yeah, somewhere right around in there, and it still stands out as one of the best games. So, I mean, it's... Yeah. All it took was one phone call to Patrick Young, and exactly. they could have gotten Terry they Gordy. They didn't even have to come all the way to the top with me. They could have made one phone call to just Joe Schmo, the paper boy down the street. Ray Gordy, who was at the Hall of Fame. Right. They could have asked him at the Hall of Fame, hey, do you mind if we put Terry in a game? You're doing a Hall of Fame section spotlighting the Freebirds who were inducted in the Hall of Fame. If you go back and look at this year's Hall of Fame, there was four Freebirds. Why the hell isn't there four free birds in the <laughs> Hall of Fame game? Or if they were just going to put, if they weren't going to put them all in there, why not just put Michael Hayes and Jimmy Jam, since they're the two living ones, exactly. if you wanted to cut, you know, if you had to cut them or whatever. Why put one who's dead? Yeah. And not, not the, the other. other. Yeah. There's really no, I'm so pissed off I can't even think. Like, there's just, there's huh. no reason. It's just like I've said for years. I keep getting Shawn Michaels in these games. Where's Marty Jannetty? They are forgetting the other rocker every single year. I'd see. I'm good friends with Marty, and I would love to see Marty Jannetty in a game. And he could probably use the money. So <laughs> it works out for everybody. Hopefully I'll get this show edited in a timely manner, as I apologize again for being behind. But I was never good with homework, Patrick, and this is sort of homework when I have to put these things together and put them online. It's all right. So I'll get the, get the last one out probably the day after we are taping this one. So it'll be released on Monday, September 26th, and then this one will be out hopefully before we record the next one. So well, I mean, I keep blaming you when all of our millions of fans ask me, why have we not got the new one? There are riots in the streets, they Patrick. Are, man. In Charlotte, they're rioting in, in, in <laughs> I don't think that's what they were upset about, but I didn't read too much into it. So tonight is the first ever Clash of champions. So I'm going to confuse everybody, and I took us back to 1992, September September 2nd, 1992, the 20th anniversary yes. of the Clash of the Champions, not the Clash of Champions, which is the first tonight. Right. We have to go back 24 years, a little over 24 years, for the 20th anniversary for Clash of the Champions. and On TBS. On TBS, yes. This is their free show. Yeah. This is their super card Turner, that they gave out for free. Turner Broadcasting Network. That um, they originally ran against WrestleMania. They did. And then they got out of control because there were four of these in 1992. And then they got smart and they only cut them down to doing two a year. 
this didn't run head to head against the WWF show, but it was just a couple days after SummerSlam '92 from Wembley Stadium. That, that's big shoes. To wow! Imagine just for scale, Wembley Stadium has. 80,000 people. That's big shoes. Going nuts, and yeah. then we go to the tiny, teeny, tiny studios in Atlanta, Georgia, where we they didn't tape. Do it at the Omni, man. We did it at the studios. Yeah, where they tape Saturday night, and it's a very intimate setting. It is. We could have it in this studio that we're broadcasting live from right here, right here <laughs> in Chattanooga, Tennessee. You get a random Andre the Giant promo from the past. Well, was... Gordon Soley and Andre the Giant from a yeah. promo I assume this is from since this is Georgia Championship Wrestling. Well, it's it's from Georgia Championship Wrestling. I assume that it's from like 1972 or something because I would say late 70s early 80s, yeah. Okay. So it starts off with that and then we get the WCW scrapbook opening up to show us all the past WCW greats like The first person they featured was Bill Watts. Since he's the booker, he's the first wrestler you really want to remember from WCW's golden era. I don't want to remember Bill Watts even from WWE. We're at the Center Stage Theater in Atlanta. This is where they tape WCW Saturday night. And then we go straight into... uh, Tony. Tony Schiavone and Missy Hyatt. As That's they're right. wrestlers as they're coming into the event. And uh, you have a look at a very sickly, very old Andre the Giant. This was the one and only time you saw Andre the Giant in WCW. Thank you, and it's, I'm very happy to be back here to see all my TBS all wrestling stars. This version of WCW. This was the only one and only. Well, if you consider Georgia only. Championship Wrestling. That's not WCW. Okay. It's sort of the same thing, though. I don't know. You're, you're getting into a serious gray area there, though. Mid-South, Georgia, Georgia Championship Wrestling, and WCW are all sort of the same thing. Well, if you're doing that, then you're going to count. Now we got to go back to Hack and Schmick and Gotch or whatever. Right. I mean, uh, okay. you're going to count that. you got to count, you know, yes, wrestling this... here in Chattanooga. you got to count wrestling, you know, North Georgia wrestling as well. you got to count Memphis. Okay, I'll give it to you. This is the only appearance of Andre the Giant in WCW. And it's his last television appearance ever. It was. Andre would step into the ring a few more times, but in all Japan pro wrestling. Right. So this is his last U.S. TV appearance. Okay. And so, uh, but yeah, his only appearance for WCW. And if you saw him, or when you see him, um, he was really bad. He was in... Yeah, he's got know, his cane with him. He was Not a, his his evil brother that he no, burned alive. No. He's got his cane he's, to help him stand. He's got his walking canes out with him both for both arms. He's, uh, he's having a hard time getting around. They cut to him later throughout the show where you see him and he's sitting down. Uh, he, he looked very... He looked very tired. He looked very, very worn out. He, uh, this was, this is very h- hard to watch, Andre, knowing that just weeks later he was going to be dead. All right. Well, we're starting off on a happy note then. Well, I mean, I'm being, I'm being legitimate. You know, it's, yeah. you know, this was very difficult to, to see Andre in this fashion because as a kid, man, Andre the Giant was it. You know, when you're a kid and you see a giant man, even for adults, a lot of adults went nuts over the fact that here's a giant. He's really, truly a giant. So. The last of his kind. Yeah. Gordon Sully says the space odyssey continues. Then Ron Simmons arrives. He's the champ and he's with his wife. He says he's here to take care of business. Bill Watts is next. He says he's excited. Then Hank Aaron is here. Hammer and Hank. 
He says he's happy to be here, so Ted Turner must have called in a favor to his old baseball player friend, Hank Aaron, to stop by to watch Clash of the Champions 20. Why in the world did Hank Aaron... Hank Aaron was actually on the board for WCW at one point in time. Really? He was. Sure, why not? Bill Shaw's out next. He says he's looking forward to a great evening. Then we get a parade of Jim Barnett, Bob Dew, and Bruno Sammartino. They all come out next. Then, of course, Sting. He rolls up on a Harley. The Stinger is here on this big night with WCW. All right. In that big eight-man elimination, still to come, Stinger. Man, this is what it's all about. This is unbelievable. You said it. The Clash of Champions is what it's all about. Just leave. WCW loved Harleys with their wrestlers. This was 90s. Yeah. This Every was. Hulk is on a Harley. Sting's on a Harley. Magnum TA's on a Harley. Everybody's on a Harley. Yeah. Why do they love motorcycles so much? Uh, a guy who's a pro wrestler on a motorcycle, I guess back in the day, was badass. Sting looks stupid on a motorcycle, Sting, though, Sting because looks, he's surfer Sting. There's yeah. nothing bikerish about him. No, he needed he needed to be walking up with a hang ten and a. Uh, he needed a to cut a wave. Shoulder. If he had ridden a wave he on a surfboard, a wave into the that would have been awesome. WCW, they spent a lot of money on other crap. They could have gotten that done. Yeah, his promo, he just yells. He doesn't really know what to say. Then, Teddy Long is with Rob Pitts and Bill Watts in a pre-tape presentation of WCW Day in Atlanta. Patrick, we were too young. We missed WCW's day in Atlanta. They got a proclamation from the city. It was a holiday. I bet the kids got out of school for WCW Day. I would say so, yeah. I started thinking to myself later... I wonder what happened to this proclamation, like this plaque. Where did that end up? Because like WWF didn't buy that kind of crap. They just bought the TV, all the, the TV tapes, and video rights. So yeah, I and agree. some of the wrestlers' contract. I would, you know, I would love to know where that actually is. I wonder if Bill Watts still has it for some reason. Do you remember, since we're talking about that old WCW stuff, the um, when you went into the CNN Center and you had the giant hockey mask? And it had one had a WCW logo. WCW logo, logo hockey mask. Well, no, there's no hockey there anymore. It right. was there after WCW had it folded. Was, yes. The Thrashers the aren't Thrashers there anymore. aren't there anymore. So, so there's no hockey masks. What, I Someone got that hockey. You want that hockey mask. I want mask. that hockey mask. If anyone could find that hockey mask from the CNN Center, I will, Patrick Young I would pay, love that. I will pay... Any amount of money. Dusty Rhodes out next. He says, we're going to get funky like a monkey. How did he say it, though? He didn't say it like that, Patrick. How did he say it? Let's get funky like a monkey, Jack. Magnum TA, Thunderbolt Patterson, and the Assassin are there. And then they toss to JR and Jesse Ventura. Jesse mentions being a Navy SEAL 20 years ago. What in the hell was Jesse Ventura wearing? What's he ever wearing? Yes. He was actually dressed up pretty nice for his standards. For his standards. He was in his, the suit. His standards are pretty freaking low compared to normal people. Well, he's got those big sunglasses on. Yeah. And he's still got the little peach fuzz. The, ra- the rat tail. Yeah. The, the bald head with the rat tail. Yeah. JR and Jesse mentioned there's something wrong with the light heavyweight championship match. So here's bait and switch. They probably advertised the light heavyweight championship match would be on this show. Sorry, guys. You can tune out now. Not Good thing happen. you didn't pay for it, so you yeah. can't complain. That's true. We're going to kick off the evening with Stunning Steve and Ricky Steamboat. I was excited. This sounded great. The this great kickoff awesome match. match. No, no, it wasn't. Ron Simmons is on the WCW hotline, they say. Fans, Ron Simmons is on the hotline until 35 past the hour. Also, if you'd like to call the hotline, we'd like to have your opinion, your vote, if you will. 
on rescinding the off-the-top rope rule. That vote will be in effect, and we'll tally that vote up for you before we go off the air here. That's a lie. If you called that thing up, he would not answer. He's prepping for know, his match. Do you know what the hotline number was? Oh, yes, because it stayed the same throughout the history. one 909 Kids, get your parents' permission before calling. Well, in 1992, it was only 99 cents a minute. It would go up to like a dollar forty nine. Yeah, Mean Gene started lying to people about stuff. It was going up to like two hundred dollars <laughs> well, a minute. Well, Mean Gene's cut from the hotline. He made six figures off this hotline, so that extra fifty cents all went to Mean Gene. But when he said to call it, he he did a great job of selling. Like Mean Gene was the best at selling the oh, hotline. Yeah. That's basically this show was basically just selling the hotline. Did you notice how many it times really, they would yeah, plug the hotline? They plugged it. I think I they lost popped count. it up during the matches i lost count at eight now i'm sure you probably kept a closer count than i did no you you got it i didn't i was just after a couple times i said you know this thing's just a commercial for this hotline it is yeah gary capetta introduces the world tv title match at steamboat versus austin austin is with paul Heyman. it's time to stand for the national anthem patrick you're an indie guy you know national anthem's pretty standard yeah at all indie shows 11 year old megan is going to sing the national anthem with the help of Johnny B. Bad. I said, this looks first, very, very creepy. First, first of all, <laughs> you were you were taking the words out of my mouth. This was creepy as hell. What in the world is a grown-ass man doing hand-in-hand hand, walking out an 11-year-old? I Maybe it's his daughter. I could actually look that up. Hold on. I will see if 11-year-old Megan is Johnny B. Bad's daughter. You have to hope that it's his daughter. <laughs> Well, they said she won some type of award or something to be able to be a part of this. So now, Megan, I forgot her last name. Well, it would be Megan Marrow. That wasn't her name. They said Megan something when she was walking out. Well, they'd give her a gimmick name, right? They wouldn't want you to know that Johnny B. Bad, this wild flamboyant playboy, has a daughter. That'd be really lame. I really don't think it's his daughter. I really don't think it's his daughter. His adopted daughter is named Maria, so it is not. it is not his daughter. So it is very creepy. This is creepy. So we have established. If you're going to send a little girl, a little 11-year-old girl. We have established an 11-year-old girl gets walked out by Mark Marrow, a.k.a. Johnny B. Bad. Who wears mascara. Who wears mascara to a wrestling ring. Who is in his Speedo. Yes. He's not wrestling on this show. (laughs) What is this? It was. And then he didn't help her sing the anthem. Problem, and, and hey, big props to her trying, but Aretha Franklin, she was not. I actually said she did a decent job until it came time for the high notes, but she's a little kid. What do you expect? You know. And the rockets clear, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night. And also, okay, if you are going to send a little girl out to the ring with a wrestler, it's got to be Sting. You know, it's got to be your top white meat baby face, yeah. not Johnny B. Bad. Yeah. So, good booking decision there, Patrick. You were holding the clipboard for this show. I get, I get the feeling. Had I've been holding the clipboard for this show. It would have been a lot better. Paul Heyman coaches Austin through the anthem, so get mad at Mr. Colin Kaepernick and Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman did not respect the anthem. He was, coaching, a... <laughs> he was coaching Austin all the way through the anthem. Austin didn't even pay any bit of attention to this little girl in the ring the whole time she's singing he is rolling his eyes it was it's hilarious to watch his face 
There's no DQ in this match, and Heyman, for whatever reason, is going to be suspended in a steel cage over the ring. He does a great job acting when they put him in the cage. He flips out. He flipped out. But then, unfortunately, you never see him again. Even though that thing's hanging over the ring, the camera didn't even show it, but maybe once, and just glancing. If you're going to have this as a stipulation in the match, you have to cut to it. You have to use it. you have to use it as part of the match. I would love to see this. Obviously, this is Brock Lesnar. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Millions of times, but you took the words right out of my mouth. I would love to see this done with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman now against somebody. But with Brock's character, he wouldn't care what happened to Paul Heyman. They have a working relationship, but Brock Lesnar doesn't give a shit about your kids, and he doesn't give a shit about Paul Heyman. So, here we go. sad part is you're telling the truth. Well, I mean, that's just his character. Steamboat's ribs are taped up. Jesse doesn't know... What rescind means when he's discussing the over-the-top rope vote that they're having on the hotline. This is another reason to call the hotline, Patrick, because we can change the rules. We can change, we can change WCW history forever tonight. And this is because, the backstory behind this, in all honesty, Bill Watts had become a dick like he always was and had took away the uh, floor mats saying it made the wrestlers look weak to have to wrestle with floor mats out there. And he took away the fact of uh, being thrown over the top rope because he wanted to, he wanted the wrestlers to go thud right down on concrete to make it look, hey, our, Real. Wrestlers, our wrestlers are badass. And, uh, and there was a lot of people... You know, angry. This vote. This This vote was rigged. No, this vote didn't even take away the top rope going over the rope rule. This had to do with climbing to the top for an off the top turnbuckle move. Yeah. That's a technicality. The way it was presented was that, yes, this is going to do away with the over the top DQ, just throwing someone out of the ring. But at the end of the show, when JR and Jesse are talking about this, because in the in the eight-man tag at the end of the night, people get DQ'd just for going up there and trying a top rope I move. it was both. The top rope rule, it, it was one and the same. It was you either can abolish this rule or you can keep it. But like, we know from watching old Slamboree in 93 yeah, old, that they were right back in, in this rule. In WA, if you throw somebody over the top rope, you're, you know disqualified but at this time this is when bill watts was trying to abolish that he didn't want he thought that and i agree i think that rule was so outdated you know it should have been abolished back in the mid 80s well if you're gonna do it you have to do it right and have the ref miss these things because the ref is always looking the ref sees it so many times and there's never a dq the referees back in the day did not do what they should have done to be able to turn and well it's impossible to know unless you know what move by move the wrestlers are going to do in the match so every now and then you're going to be caught looking right and then it's going to look stupid when you don't dq them right but then if you dq them you lose your job because you just screwed up the finish i don't because i am patrick you have the final say my friend we get some striking exchanges between Austin and Steamboat to start. Then Ricky Steamboat locks in a long headlock. This is why I didn't like this match. Because he works his headlock this match started for hours. Off, yeah. and this match started off slow. Uh, I think it had to do with, you know, Megan. What's her name? Megan? Wendy? Whatever. The 11-year-old gal? Yeah. I you think, think that her bad singing no, I think it had just, these it guys... It away from, you know, when... Most of the wrestlers, when you hit that ring, man, let's go. Let's not sit there and talk for four minutes and or sing a song or 
So, yeah, no, I think it took away from the match. I think wrestlers on this card just didn't wrestle that hard because they probably didn't get paid as much since this wasn't an actual pay-per-view. So they they didn't make as good of an effort to be, why do more work when I can just do the minimum? Austin rolls Steamboat over in the headlock for a two-count, then Austin tries a back body drop. Steamboat flips out of it twice. He gets out of a back body drop two times. Austin launches Steamboat out of the corner, and he lands on his knees. It looked very painful. I'm I'm surprised Steamboat hasn't had knee replacements yet. Austin rips the rib tape off Steamboat, then Austin hits two backbreakers on the injured ribs of Steamboat and gets a two count. Steamboat tries to slam Austin, but he's too hurt, Patrick. His ribs are killing him. Austin locks in an abdominal stretch and works Steamboat's ribs. He starts smacking them and stuff. Steamboat tries a crossbody. Austin reverses it for a two count. Then Steamboat catapults Austin into the turnbuckle, gets a two count. Austin covers with the help of the ropes for a two count. Then Steamboat picks up Austin, tries a tombstone. It gets reversed and then reversed again, and he hits it. But he can't cover Austin because he's still too hurt from those ribs. His ribs are killing him. Austin tries a superplex. Steamboat counters, and Austin cuts him off when he tries an axe handle smash. Then Steamboat hits a few clotheslines. Then Austin sends him over the top rope. Here we go again, Patrick. This was a no, no DQ. DQ oh, I see. Because I did the same thing, which comes into play in the finish as well. Right. Okay, so he gets chucked over the, the ring ropes. Steamboat is now on the outside. He runs around the ring while Austin's boohooing to the ref. Steamboat goes in, hits his big top rope crossbody. No, for he doesn't th- run around the ring. What does he do? He gets chucked over, crawls under the ring. Out the other side, and is perched on the top rope waiting for him when Austin turns. Well, that's a dirty thing to do. That's not what a face he would do. He didn't run around the ring. He he crawled on his hands and knees under the ring, out the other side, climbed up to the top rope, and perched, waiting for Steve Austin to go, what the hell happened? Where did he go? And turn around. And he eats a crossbody. And he hits the flying crossbody from the top rope for the one, two, three. In 10 minutes, 43 seconds, what you got on this match? It's not the best they've had. Oh, no. Yeah, not just with each other, but just in general. Right. And this is not their best work. I said I expected more from Steamboat and Austin. I'm sorry. I, I wanted fire here, but yeah, there was this, no fire. You can't work a, headlocks for most of a 10-minute match and then expect to I'd get a big reaction. If you were going on scale one to ten, because this was, a, I mean, it was a good, you know, show opener, but they didn't showcase what they could both really do. So, uh, but no, it was, I mean, it was what it was. We get a 20 years of tradition promo. It shows Mr. Wrestling 2. He cuts a happy promo. JR and Jesse highlight some of the great tag teams of WCW. Who did they mention? Do you remember? Road Warriors. Road Warriors, yes. Midnight Express. Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express. They mentioned... Um, That's good enough. They mentioned quite a few of them. Yeah, I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I fast-forwarded, sorry. We get a Halloween Havoc tease. Happened a lot throughout this show. They want to sell, sell you on Halloween Havoc. It's spin the wheel, make the deal. Spin the wheel. Make the deal. What wrestling match will the spin of the wheel reveal? Find out at WCW Halloween Havoc 92, Sunday, October 25th, live on pay-per-view. Call your local cable operator for availability. And Jake the Snake Roberts are featured in this, so that's what you have to look forward to for Halloween Havoc. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Or, 
as it got called in later years, Raw Roulette. Raw Roulette. I wish they would bring Raw Roulette back. Jesse's with Arn and beautiful Bobby and Michael Hayes. Why are these guys together? They just are. They just are, yeah. I don't really know the backstory of this, but I think looking at their careers, Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton in the tag team together. Would have been great. Oh, my goodness. Dude, they would have owned the tag team division. Should have stuck together, man. Arn and beautiful Bobby broke Larry Zabisco's arm. Michael Hayes just says they're the best of the best. And here we go, another Greg the Hammer Valentine match. This time he's with Dirty Dick Slater. I'm sorry, Greg the Hammer Valentine stinks. His selling stinks, his offense stinks. I hate that he does the sell where I go up to you, Patrick, and I just, like, I smack you or I, I punch you. He does the, uh, f- he, he stumbles forward a couple steps and then falls flat on his face. That's his big sell. And if Rick he's not... Do- made, made millions of doing the same damn thing. But he does it... Comically and and fun, Greg the Hammer Valentine just stinks. He is, I love Greg Valentine. He is terrible. Greg, terrible. Greg, I think you're awesome, brother. You have me in your corner. He's teaming with Dirty Dick Slater, who actually had a long career in WCW. After this, Dick Slater did. Yes, they're going to be Arn and Bobby's opponents. I mentioned, yeah, Hammer's lack of selling. This thing is just a big brawl. This is just a brawl match. Arn gets a tag to Bobby. The ref didn't see it, so Slater tags in too. Then Slater hits a swinging neckbreaker on Bobby, followed by a side Russian leg sweep. We get a cover with the ropes. Arn and Bobby double-team uh, Dick Slater in the corner. Then Greg the Hammer Valentine tags in and hits a vertical suplex on Arn for a two-count. Hammer tries a figure four, but Bobby drops an elbow on it to try and break it up. Arn hits a big Arn spine buster, a cover, and then everybody just starts brawling. Zabisco runs out. Here we go. Almost two shows in a row, Patrick. This Larry Zabisco just does not know how to run interference. No. He's got his arm in the cast. He he gets up to the ring. He swings at Arn Anderson, who broke his arm. But this dumbass misses again. He just missed at War Games, and he misses again. He hits Hammer, Greg the Hammer Valentine, and the heels get the win when Arn covers and pins him in 5 minutes, 42 seconds. What you got here? I love this match. Oh, of course. So well, I liked it because it was short enough. That's always a good thing. No, I... I, I liked Arn in them. I always like Arn Anderson. I, I, I always like Arn. I always like Bobby. Uh, I think Bobby Eaton, like I said. I've said this had some again. potential, yeah. This had some great potential. Uh, I like Greg Valentine. No, I, you're I wrong like, on that. I like Dick Slater. No, you're wrong on that, too. Those guys stink. <laughs> True wrestling traditionalist as myself. No, and they, they are love this match. Greg Valentine is the ugliest man <laughs> on this planet. I've said this before. This guy, there's nothing about him. I would say that James Ellsworth is a better looking man Ooh. than Greg the Hammer Valentine. Ooh, damn. That's a that's low. Sorry. Hey. I'd rather have a man with no chin than a guy that has a face like Greg the Hammer Valentine. JR, he interviews Bruno San Martino, who just says he He's happy to be here, and he likes what WCW is doing. Uh, he also makes a a, uh, a kind of a jab at WWF. At the what time. does he say? He proceeds to say that he's glad to be with a company that knows what real wrestling truly is. 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to TBS. We're live here at Center Stage on West Peachtree in Atlanta. And I'm standing by a man that is genuinely a, a legend in the sport. A man that headlined 211 main events in Madison Square Garden with 187 sellouts. And Bruno, thank you for being with us. And what did you think of that first championship matchup? Well, Jim, I got to tell you, first of all, I'm really thrilled to be here. And as far as that first match with Steamboat and Austin, that was absolutely sensational. And great to see Steamboat win the title. And I'm really anxious to see the match between uh, Ron Simmons and Cactus Jack the championship match. Bruno, I know that you watch a great deal of wrestling. What do you think of the product now here in WCW? Well, I'll tell you, I am so thrilled. That's why I'm so thrilled to be here because, again, I see the kind of wrestling that I was used to, the kind of wrestling that was in my time, and now it's here. And thank God for the WCW because I'll tell you what, what I've been experiencing the past 10 years with that other league, it's been a total embarrassment. It's great to see professional wrestling at its best back again. I know you're going to be a part of Halloween Havoc in Philadelphia on Sunday, October 25th, and we're all excited about that. I'll tell you, Jim, I was at uh, one of the uh, Halloween Havocs a couple years ago, and it was very exciting. And I want to tell all the fans, Philadelphians, surrounding the area, come because you're in for a treat because you will see the very, very best in professional wrestling right in Philadelphia. They probably told him to say that, but yeah, he he had a big uh, riff with the WWF for years. At this point in time, yeah, he did. Uh, I don't, what was it all about? I still have not got the full story on that. What do you know? We will look it up right now and see what Mr. Bruno San Martino had against the company. I know he had a big problem with Owen, with Owen's death. He had a big problem with the Attitude Era in general. He didn't like that stuff. Bruno had a big problem with the rampant drug use in the WWF. He did not like Says the steroids. man steroids himself. Well, allegedly. And he also didn't like the way the company was headed in general. He hated Cases. steroids, other illicit drugs, and he hated obscene wrestling angles. Okay, so he didn't like the attitude, the attitude era with the women and all that. So, And he refused to travel with younger wrestlers because he was afraid that he would get stopped in a vehicle that had drugs in it. That still happens today. Yeah, that still happens. So, yeah, uh, Sam Martino's still in his riff with the WWF, so, of course, go burn him on WCW. Go get him, Bruno. Then we get uh, Brian Pillman and Brad Armstrong. Brad Armstrong uh, can't really speak very well, but he's hurt, and that's why he can't wrestle tonight, Patrick. For true wrestlers from around the Southeast, if you grew up and you actually saw Brad Armstrong wrestle like I did and like so many others who are in the business have, Brad Armstrong was the, no offense to Road Dog, no offense to Bullet Bob, Brad Armstrong was the Armstrong wrestler who could truly go. The only problem with Brad Armstrong, the downfall to Brad Armstrong is the fact that he could not carry on a conversation on the microphone. So if you're going to book Brad Armstrong, why would you put him in a segment with a great talker like Brian Pillman? I have no idea. He totally buries. He buries him. Brad Armstrong. He did, and this that's what that's why I was leading into that. Uh, he did. He buried him. I'm going to include the promo in here cuz I thought it was that good. Well, Brian Pillman has come out and this is the man you were supposed to wrestle tonight and defend that World Light Heavyweight Championship. Brian, it's got to be disheartening for you. I mean, you trained, you focus. you're the former champ, you had a shot to get it back tonight, but now it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Well, Jess, it's very disappointing. I've worked very hard, trained, to get this world title shot, and, you know, Jess, the more I think about it, the more I realize what a total disgrace this whole situation is. Tonight, millions of my fans were supposed to witness me regaining the world light heavyweight title. 
rejoice in my victory, but no! We gotta stand here and watch our former world champion hobble out here like some broken down, pathetic piece of garbage and announce to the world, I'm scared, I'm a coward, my knee but hurts. Brian, the man's hurt. The doctor says he can't wrestle. Is hurt. Your daddy's hurt because your poor father is sitting up in the VIP right, room right now, hanging his head in shame. Oh, Brian, I'm let down too, brother. No I'm let guts. Brother, I got all the guts in the world, man. I'm let down too. You think if I couldn't go in the ring, I wouldn't go, brother? I'd be right there going with you nose and nose, man. You know what kind of man I am inside. I know what kind of man you are. We faced each other in the ring, brother. Don't do this, man. You make me sick, Brad. To sit here and watch a gutless coward like you, I don't know what to say. Frankly, I'm quite embarrassed for you. You're scum. Just to Brian, look at you on, makes me want to puke. Whoa. I'll tell you what, we'll be back right after these messages. He just talks about he doesn't think Brad's arm, Brad's leg is injured, and he calls him a coward. Yeah, and, and Brad just stands there. And he buries all the Armstrongs, not just. Oh yeah, you're old. Uh, you're only here because you're old man. Yeah, you know. This made me want to see the match. It, I was really, disappointed yeah, that it, it didn't kind of, happen. It pumped me up. I'm hoping that obviously this match took place later. Of course, just uh, not on free TV. They stripped. They stripped. Hey, hold on. Oh, no spoilers. We'll have to see. Uh, We'll have to see what happens with that light heavyweight title in the future. Hopefully we'll get to it sooner than, rather than later. Uh, JR and Jesse Ventura recap Ron Simmons' title win. This is one of the very few great things WCW did, is have an African-American champion. Because you look at the way African-American wrestlers were booked in WWF. They were always dancing. Coco Beware's got a parrot. They were just jokes. We, uh... Junkyard dog, what a terrible name for a guy, you know. We, well, we, um, we hinted on it the past few times we've talked about Ron Simmons on this show. Um, Ron Simmons is a good friend of mine. Ron still says today he didn't, you know, to this day, he didn't think it was as big of a deal of him winning the title as it was. He just, you know, hey, they're, they're, you're giving me a chance. Here you go. Uh, but the fact that Ron Simmons won the world heavyweight title was huge. And I remember as a kid being ecstatic. I was jumping up and down. I mean, it was awesome to finally see somebody take down number one, Vader. But number two, it'd be Ron Simmons, who was the true underdog of WCW at that time. So To be fair, though, they didn't give him Big Goldie. They should have given him the Big Gold belt. The NWA, the NWA belt. NWA belt, yeah. Um, it's a better-looking belt. Yeah, it is. Ole Anderson is the special referee for Ron Simmons and Cactus Jack, and they give no explanation as to why say, Ole's can there. Can you explain that one? Because <laughs> it I was weird, even... and he didn't do what a special guest referee does and like play favorites. He was just a ref. He was just a ref. He was a wrestler with referee stripes on that just went in there and did my job or any other referee's job. I imagine that this was... He showed up. They said, I imagine he showed up and he said, how much am I getting paid for being here? And they said, well, we'll give you $75 since you're not wrestling, but you'll be in the crowd. We'll pay you a little bit. He said, no, 
I, I need some more money. And they said, okay, well, then you're going to have to ref a match. <laughs> I just think they said, you're going to have to work for your extra $200 or whatever. I, say, I looked I looked online trying to find some sort of, if it was explained later on throughout, you know. It was I, just I bizarre. find an explanation. It would be like if Ric Flair just showed up to be a referee in a random Cesaro-Sheamus match for no reason. Right. And then didn't play favorites or do anything. So we start with uh, Ron Simmons. He starts with a long headlock. Here we go. More headlocks. Free TV, you get you get headlocks. So you get what you pay for. Cactus throws him out to the floor. He teases the big elbow off the apron, but doesn't do it. Then Simmons enters the ring and throws some strikes. Cactus hits a clothesline that sends them both to the outside. Now, Oh, he doesn't DQ him here. Uh, then he hits a spinning neckbreaker on Ron, so now Ron's on the floor. They get back into the ring. Simmons hits two forearms from the three-point stance, and Cactus kicks out at once. He no-sells these three-point stand tackles, shoulder tackles. Cactus chucks him outside, hits his diving elbow, and Simmons hits a sidewalk slam and a power slam for the three in eight minutes and 51 seconds. What do you have for this match, Patrick? Not a lot happened in this match for yes. it to have gone eight minutes. Ole Anderson's 10 counting is slow <laughs> as hell. I've seen molasses run out of trees faster than Ole Anderson's 10 counting. Well, he was being uh, very fair. <laughs> very fair. Uh, I, it was what it was. It was uh, I was ex- I was excited going into this match because I was like, wow, we're going to see. Here we go, Cactus against Ron Simmons. This is going to be a great match. I was disappointed. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I expect a lot more out of these two guys as well. Uh, it was fine. It, it should have been five minutes shorter. Yeah, should have been three minute match. Yeah. After the break, we're going to check out the new NWA champion. This is one reason Ron couldn't get the belt. It was over in Japan. Masahira Chono defeated Rick Rude in Tokyo at the Tokyo Dome, and is now the NWA champion. Did you know this happened? I did. This is what actually got Masahiro Chono uh, rehired uh, by Eric Bischoff in 96 to come back and be a part of the NWO because of this match. Eric Bischoff was traveled over there with them just to do commentary on WCW side, saw this match. It stood out as such a great match in his mind that... When he took over WCW, one of his first hires was Sonny Ono and Masahiro Chono. And, uh, yeah, this was a uh, – it happened. It was uh, it was a big moment, actually, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is the end of the tournament to crown a new NWA champion, so I guess Ric Flair finally sent him the belt back and they had to make a new champion. Is that what happened? It, well, it was set up as it was going to be Rick Rude's, and they needed to set some sort of a – Storyline with Rick Rude in the title. Then they also needed to, at some point in time, set a storyline with uh, with New Japan because they had started working business with uh, with New Japan. They had so, started the talent exchange, right? So this is where you know it just it fit like a, a glove, which I enjoyed. I love this storyline. Some highlights from the match: Rude hits a superplex. Chono hits one of his own. Rude hits a pile driver. Jesse accuses Chono of having a home field advantage. He does not trust the Japanese, not one bit. An old Navy man, he's not going to let those Japanese get away with it. Rude hits a knee onto Chono from the top rope, then Chono hits a shoulder off the top and wins the NWA world title. These highlights were actually the best match on the show. Yes, they were. Uh, Rude, he gives a promo afterwards. He wants a rematch. 
You know, first time around for the NWA title, Ravishing Rick Rude learned a valuable lesson. When you're in Japan, you do as the Japanese. Now, Chono, it's round two for the NWA title. And I've got news for you. It's going to be second verse, same as the first. Except for me, it's going to be a whole lot better. For you, it's going to be a whole lot worse. Be prepared. See ya. I love, I wish we would do it over here too. Uh, not only when you win a title over there in New Japan, back in the day, you used to get a trophy. Get a trophy. A good friend of mine, Harley Race, has quite a few of them. And, uh, and these trophies, I mean, they're they're not just cheaply made. They are well, sturdy, stout, heavy trophies. And uh, so, yeah, I wish we would do something like that every now and then over here, other than just the Andre Bauer Royal trophy. We get another Halloween Havoc promo. Then Cactus Jack is with JR, and he says, Simmons, he was the better man. He introduces Butch Reed as the new tag team partner of the Barbarian, and so they are going to face Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham. Butch Reed, Hacksaw Butch Reed in NWA or later, the natural Butch Reed in WWF. Butch Reed, I I like Butch Reed. A very underrated wrestler. This was probably the biggest storyline that he had in his career. He's a brawler. You know, he was fine. Oh, he looked like, yeah. <laughs> Butch Reed looked jacked when he He would be off. suspended for the wellness policy today, I'm afraid. Cactus is going to stay on commentary, so we get Cactus Jack previewing his SmackDown commentator's role many years later. He's going to give commentary with uh, Jesse and JR. The Natural and the Barbarian will start the match. Barbarian, he just no-sells Dustin's clotheslines. Then Barry Windham gets in and hits him with a big lariat. Clothesline from hell, if you will. We get double drop kicks from Windham and Rhodes. Then eventually Dustin is fighting with Butch Reed. He tries to ram his shoulder in the corner and just goes flying out of the ring. I don't see this a lot. Usually no. they ram their shoulder into the turnbuckle, but he missed the turnbuckle completely and yeah, flew out of the ring. Yeah. Dustin spends most of this match just getting his ass kicked. They just go back and forth kicking Dustin's ass. This, it, was, this was a sell fest on Dustin's part. Butch Reed and Barbarian don't know a lot of wrestling moves, so it's mostly him selling strikes. Uh, eventually, he gets the hot tag to Wyndham. We get a back body drop on the Barbarian, followed by a drop kick. He takes out Butch Reed with a clothesline, then goes for a superplex on Barbarian and gets it. Wow. Yeah, he sees Butch Reed on the turnbuckle and chucks him off. Then we get a double drop kick from Dustin and Wyndham on Reed. Barbarian lands a big boot and gets a win in eight thirty in eight thirteen. Yep. Barbarian getting a win. I can't say I've seen Barbarian get Mark, many wins. Mark it in your calendar. Eight minutes thirteen seconds. What you got here, Patrick? Uh, good match. Too long. Yeah, I actually think it should have been shorter and been the opening match on the card. I agree. Especially since you had the TV title change in the first match. That should have really been the main event. Or semi-main. Well, yeah, you couldn't have them going past Sting. So Yeah. JR and Jesse mentioned seeing Jake the Snake. He's sneaking around. He's sneaky like a snake. Then they toss to a package previewing this eight-man elimination match. Okay, here, here is the storylines heading into our main event. Well, let me. I'll name them off, then you give the storylines here. We have on one team, it's an eight-man tag team elimination-style match. We have Sting, Nikita Koloff, Rick, and Scott Steiner against Ravishing Rick Rude, the one and only Jake the Snake Roberts, Big Van Vader, and the and one and only, the one and only Super, Super Invader. Yes, here is the storyline going into this match. Get ready to be riveted. Vader and Sting, they are feuding over the WCW title, okay? 
Now, Jake Roberts, he DDT'd Sting on a chair, so he wants Sting. Nikita Koloff wants Rick Rude's U.S. title. And as for the Steiner Brothers and Super Invader, they're just there. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Super Invader. Yeah, my favorite so far uh, in all our shows that we've reviewed. I'm loving some Super Invader. What the hell was he wearing? He's wearing his same. He's wearing his same great outfit, Patrick. He, it was there was holes in it. it oh, now it's ripped. gotten ripped. Yeah, it was bad. When we did see his debut a few weeks ago at Wrestle War '92, he didn't have the ripped shirt. Hercules Hernandez. I guess he had fallen on some hard times. He didn't want to buy new tights, so I guess it got ripped at some house show somewhere. And now his clothes are falling apart. Now he looks. Even even bigger of a jobber than he already did. And he already looked ridiculous, Patrick, because what does Super Invader wear again? He wears a... Black and red. Black and red. Onesie. But then what's on his head? He has red pantyhose. Now, how does he see out of the pantyhose? I don't know. Because he doesn't have eye holes in it. He does not have eye holes. And he has a long, fake ponytail. Yes. And his his regular hair was falling out from underneath it as well throughout. And he's got a big beer gut he's rocking, which he, well, some people call it the roid belly. He had a roid belly. So the heels come out first. Someone had a great sign in the crowd, Patrick. Did you spot this? Big fat Vader. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they burned him. Vader starts against Rick Steiner. Boy, Rick Steiner is going to look golden at the end of this match. Yeah, this was... Vader starts against Rick Steiner, so here we go. They exchange stiff strikes to start out. Rick eats a big boot and a clothesline. Rick, belly to belly's Vader. Yes. Muscles him over. And and the crowd went nuts. Vader didn't give him much on it. He really, Rick had to muscle him, and uh, and muscle him he did. He got him over, and he got him over stout. It was a... when he chucks Vader over him with this belly-to-belly, the crowds start barking like a dog. They love the dog face gremlin. As a kid, I did too. It was impressive. If though. this had been the only match you saw of Rick Steiner, you think this guy's a superstar. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's going to be the breakout of the Steiner brothers for yeah, sure. Absolutely. So then Koloff and Super Invader tag in. All right, here we go. The real main event starts. <laughs> Koloff no-sells Super Invader's clotheslines, then shoulder blocks Super Invader and hits a crossbody. Then we get Rick Rude and Scott Steiner tagging in. Steiner works Rude's arm before Rude makes the tag to Super Invader, so Super Invader's back again. The vote on the top rope rule is coming up, Patrick, so hang in there. Hang in there. 1-900-909-9900. Get your votes in now. Kids, get your parents' permission before calling. We get a double underhook powerbomb and belly-to-belly on Super Invader from Scott. Then Rick Rude gets a blind tag and stops Scott's offense. He hits a swinging naked, naked breaker. Rick Rude hits a swinging neck breaker, and then he gets a two count when he covers. We get Jake the Snake Roberts tagging in. How's Jake looking in 1992? Jake, I was actually going to hit on that before we started. Jake, I love Jake in WCW. They used him very well. I think he's starting to lose it a little bit. His look. The problem is, is Jake is a really good friend of mine, and Jake will admit that through most of his career, he was pretty stoned. During this match, you could tell Jake was stoned. And uh, and so Jake was looking a little rough. Jake gets tagged in. He gets some strikes before he tags Vader in, so he doesn't really do much in his first appearance. Vader hits a clothesline and tags Rick Rude in. We get the swivel hips from Rick Rude. And then Scott hits a tilt-a-whirl slam on Mr. Rick Rude. Jake the Snake and Nikita Koloff are next. They get the tags. 
Koloff hits a few clotheslines and a body slam. We get a flying shoulder block. Rick Root is uh, outside the ring. He hits him with a forearm. Yeah, he hits Koloff in the back of the head with a forearm. Koloff then stumbles into a DDT. He stumbles into a... No, he, he just gets rolled up. He doesn't even oh, get hit with the up. finish. He doesn't get hit with the DDT. Yeah, okay. ju- Jake the Snake just rolls up Nikita Koloff. Nikita Koloff is eliminated first, Patrick. Yes. Not Super Invader. No. Nikita Koloff. That says a lot for, for Super Invader. It's not looking good for the faces here. No, uh, if we're, Nikita we're Koloff... To, we're three to four now. Yep, or the no. heels have the one-man advantage. Sting and Super Invader are in next. Sting just dominates Super Invader and eliminates him quickly. Dominates. This was a Goldberg squash match if there ever was one. So now Super Invader's sent packing, so now it's three on three. three on three again. We get Rick Steiner and Vader are back in. We get a Steiner line and a German suplex. Wow, what a German suplex Rick hits on Vader. Yes. He is just he is beating. Vader's ass to- he looks great. <laughs> I don't know who to say. I don't know. Vader, Leon White must have decided that night, we're going to make Rick Steiner look like a superhero. He looked yeah. better than Sting in this match. Yeah, Rick Steiner looked awesome during this match. Uh, Vader catches him trying to hit a clothesline off the top rope. He gets a power slam into a really shitty-looking choke slam Vader tried to hit on. Well, it was on the second rope, not top rope. Oh, Okay. Because that would have been a DQ, Hetty. That would have been a DQ. Sorry. I, attention to detail is tough. Vader goes up top to the second rope, tries a splash, but Rick kicks out at two. Then Rick Rude tags in and gets some strikes. We get a front face lock, and Rick Steiner is stuck in the middle of the ring. Rick Steiner eventually struggles to the corner while Rick Rude has the, the face lock in and tags Sting in. But the ref missed it, Patrick, yes. because you weren't the ref. Jake Roberts actually ran in and got the ref's attention to miss that Oh, okay. So, that was a good heel move on Jake Roberts. I don't know how the ref saw Vader tagging in, but he allows it to happen. So Vader tags back in. He scoop slams Rick Steiner. Then Rick then Rick Steiner hits a body. It's confusing because Rick Rude and Rick Steiner are in the match, yeah. and I didn't denote which is which. Vader tags in, scoop slams Rick Steiner. Then, Rick's, then Rick hits a body slam on Vader, who was flying off the second rope looking for a clothesline. So Rick Steiner catches this, you know, kayfabe 400-pound man in midair and slams him. So he's already Germaned him, belly-to-bellied him, and now he's caught him in midair. Yes. Rick Steiner is the man. Rick Steiner is on Vader's ass. The Steiners. Ooh, this is... they. Vader almost dies in the next move because the Steiners try a Steiner line. And so Rick has to try to power Vader. On his shoulders. The electric chair. Right, it's like a it's, devastation it's, device. It's called, a, it's called an electric chair where he gets him up on his shoulders. But he Rick is struggling. Gets, Rick gets Vader up and then About crumbles, halfway. Then crumbles. <laughs> yeah, he's get he gets Vader up and immediately regrets this decision. And he starts, you know this is not going to end well. And Scott, but Scott, Scott just goes is going. Scott, Scott is We're not committed. abandoning this. Scott is committed. Scott just jumps. And, and he clotheslines him, and Vader lands directly on his neck. The re- this man, yeah, this man should have been dead yeah. on the spot. This was the most gruesome thing. This was a hard, hard bump to watch. This was a, but tragedy was nearly ref, averted. The ref sees that's it, right, and Scott Steiner. It's disqualified and has eliminated Somebody himself. respects the rules, Patrick. That's right. Scott Steiner. Coming off the top rope, you're eliminated. And good for him. He almost killed a man. <laughs> he almost killed Big I, Van I, Vader. I have here in my notes, dumbass. And the reason I put dumbass is, if you know 
You are in the NWA WCW. Don't yeah. come off the top rope. We have actually been talking about this <laughs> all night throughout the whole show. He wasn't watching TBS. Who in the hell is going to come off the top rope? He wasn't watching the Superstation, Patrick. So, so Scott Steiner is now DQ'd, so now it is three on two, heels versus faces. Rick Steiner and Vader are now, they roll. Eventually, Rick Steiner and Vader end up on the outside. Steiner powers out of a pile driver attempt, so Vader's going to break Rick Steiner's neck now on the outside. But then Rick Rude slips in and hits a rude awakening on Rick Steiner, and Rick Steiner is given the fastest 10 count in the world, and it's counted out. He gets counted out. So now here we are, Patrick. Three heels. Sting, it's Sting versus Rick Rude, Vader, and Jake the Snake Roberts. Three heels versus the greatest pro wrestler. Of all time, Sting. I don't know if I go that. No, far, but the but the I, biggest I, face in the company. Oh yeah. If this is 2010 and it's John Cena versus three heels, how do you think this is going to go, Patrick? John Cena is going to figure out a way to. Pull I it thought out. Sting is going to figure this out. Sting he is, is going gonna, to. He's got this. He's he, got it, man. He can. He can. We can count this. on it. He rolled up in a Harley. This That's guy right. is cool. He is the guy. So now Sting and Jake are going to fight first. We get a stinger splash. A scorpion deathlock is locked into Jake the Snake Roberts, but Rick Rude comes in and hits a clothesline on Sting and breaks it up. Then Rick Rude tags in. He eats a clothesline and a bulldog, but only gets a two count on Rick Rude. We get an inverted atomic drop followed by a slingshot suplex. Then Vader hits a splash on both Rude and Sting. I know, he just saw a man get DQ'd from the top rope, Patrick. Once again, the word dumbass comes <laughs> into play. If just two minutes prior, a man comes off the top rope and hits you with the clothesline and gets eliminated. I just, wow, you just blew my mind because I forgot that it actually happened to him. He saw the, it, there was, if you weren't in the match, if you aren't the legal man, then okay, I can see some excuse. Maybe you just had a lapse. It happened to him earlier in the match. It happened to him just two minutes prior. (laughs) And you go to the top rope yourself and do the exact same thing that got your opponent eliminated. And it was a stupid idea to begin with because he ends up splashing Rick Rude and Sting. He He hits his own man. He knocked Rude out cold. He knocked Rick Rude out cold. He landed flat on his head. And yeah, I think it was, was only supposed to be on Sting. Yeah, this was uh, it was so bad that that uh, Jake comes in, drags Rude drags over. Rude's lifeless body to the corner to then tag himself in, which is a great it's, idea. Gets the ref's attention. Yeah. with a <laughs> moderate and tags himself in. That's a great idea. I don't see this ever uh, in tag wrestling. This was a great idea. It was. If my tag partner, if Patrick Young is my tag partner and he's unconscious and I need the tag. I'll just go get him yeah. and bring him closer bring to him me. Bring him closer to me. And uh, comes in and just... The crowd's going wild. They want a DDT, Patrick. Yeah. And they want to see... And this is this is not good if your top baby face is getting cheered against, but people just love Jake. They do. People have always loved Jake. And uh, they love the DDT. Jake Roberts, yeah. And uh, and so Jake Roberts... Uh, Calls for the DDT. Woo! And he, Lasso. And he hits it. I mean, he does. Every, he nails Sting with my, the DDT. My inner, my inner child's thinking, "Oh, Sting's gonna, you know, he's, he's, he's." To be fair, I didn't like how Sting sold it because he rolled through it. Like yeah, a, he didn't face plant it. He rolled. Yeah, it. yeah, you should just go straight down. If, you, if Jake the Snake Roberts is hitting a DDT, you need to face plant it. So Jake gets the three, and the heels win in fifteen fifty seven. Rick Rude and Jake the Snake Roberts beat 
Sting's smaller squadron. I said, uh, in this match, Rick Steiner, but he looked like a boss. <laughs> Rick this dude is awesome. Rick Steiner looked great in this match. I love the way they used Jake Roberts during this match. Hit, move, hit, tag, get out. Tag in, do what you got to do, tag out. Because he should be the chicken he never, shit heel. He never took a. He never took any type. Of well, you saved the match. Move. You saved them. You saved their singles match because if they you see them fighting for free, you're not going to want to order. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Leading into now another. Well, before we get our final Halloween Havoc promo for the night, which is the big reveal. This is the big reveal, yes. This is is why. Jake the Snake's been waiting in this bar, in this Halloween Havoc promo, all night. all night. It's time for the results for the Top Rope Rule Repeal. People called 1-900-909-9900 all night, Patrick, and voted. And the results came back 88 to 12. Get rid of the rule. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. People don't like the rule. Surprise, surprise. People didn't like WCW. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and they're not going to like their phone bill when they get charged their 99 cents a minute for calling and voting. Yeah, because you were on hold probably for a good... I'm sure it was very... Would you like to vote for press two now? Yeah, I imagine that's... Just keep you on forever. Okay, and now the final... It finally is revealed who Jake was waiting for in that bar. You hear knock the door. Who could it be, Patrick? Medusa. She comes in. (laughs) All right. So Jake the Snake is going to fight Medusa. Hang on. Wait for it. Okay. She comes in. She says she's here for one reason and one reason only. Why is that? She wants to spin the wheel, make the deal. Wow. Someone needs to make a deal with this woman right now. Right now. All at once, you hear another knock. The door gets busted wide open when the guy goes, and you see the painted face of the one and only, the franchise, Sting. Sting, your your golden golden white meat baby face, has stumbled into a dive bar, and his worst nightmare, Jake the Snake Roberts. I really, believe it or not, I hope you actually play I'm going to put this whole promo in here because it's... This is beautiful. Well, Jake's part is great. Sting's part, (laughs) Sting is a terrible actor. Yes. And also, the way this is shot... How they got super tight shots on their face. Yes. Jake's looks fine, but Sting, it's like he's looking off at the cue cards, reading the lines. It's very... Jake...
What about this? But maybe this. I knew you'd come. It was just a matter of time. Yeah, I'm here, so what's the deal? Sting, I'm going to finish what I started in Baltimore. When I get done with you, you'll wish you'd never been born. <laughs> you talk too much. Get to the point. What's the deal? Sting, relax. What's your hurry? I'm gonna take my time and enjoy this moment. Cut the crap! Do I have to come over there and kick your... Sting, you don't get it, do you, man? You don't have a clue! Look around you! This is my playground. These are my people. I'm smiling, not you. It's come down to this. You see, the deal is on the wheel. In Halloween Havoc, your worst nightmare will come true. Twelve of the toughest and most brutal matches in wrestling. That's right, that's right, brutal, brutal. You see on the wheel, there's a cage match, there's a barbed wire match, there's a death match, or there might even be a mystery match. But you see, the deal is, man, you gotta step up and spin that wheel. Once you spin it, where it stops, that's what you and I are gonna do. And what happens? Well, we both go in the ring, one man comes out. The other? <laughs> well, no. You think I'm afraid of some wheel? You think I'm afraid of you? Step out of the fog, Sting. Clear your head. You're not thinking. I'm the master of all these matches. This is no game for me. This is fun, but it's not a game. We play it on my turf and my terms. So good luck, Sting. You're gonna need it. <laughs> so what are you waiting for? Let's do it now. To be continued. Havoc 92, October 25th, live, only on pay-per-view. Jake should have been an actor on the side because this was, this was gold. Yeah. This was straight up gold. And, uh, but you, you finally, here it is. Why wait for Halloween Havoc? <laughs> Spin the wheel now, brother. <laughs> so yeah, everybody watching TBS is like, holy sh... Holy, we're going to get the match right now. Right now. Sting pulls to spin the wheel. Where will it land, Patrick? In the meantime, while it's spinning. While it's spinning. 
They stare into each other's eyes so intently. That electricity. Have electricity shoot between their eyes, yes. Wow. And you're thinking, all right, so where's the, where's it going to land? Where's it going to land? And the electricity... They mentioned they mentioned some some match types they mentioned Patrick barbed wire match yeah death matches death matches just crazy stuff this awesome. wheel has like someone could be murdered on this show where will it end they have some awesome matches right when the wheel's right about to stop ready to stop the electricity between their eyes blows explodes it explodes. cannot be contained contained and it, and it just there goes the picture it explodes the camera what a tease yeah. They hooked me. They've got my $30 next month. Exactly. Unfortunately, <laughs> with help of the network, we know that the match turned out being a match. Which, I don't think I'm going to leave this in. I, I don't want to spoil it for people. Which was shit. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for people what amazing match they had at Halloween Havoc. But all the ones that they mentioned, Patrick, how could this be bad? A death match? No, an exploding yeah. hand grenade match? Yeah, you're thinking like this is going to be they're gonna tear each other to you know to pieces. I can't wait to see it. Shh no spoilers. Yeah. No spoilers. So That's for another day, Patrick. That is for another we day. We will go to Halloween Havoc nineteen ninety two someday. I don't know where we're going this week, Patrick, because as you know, I picked this show. It is now my uh, pick. Before we get to your pick on the scale of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, where does Clash of the Champions 20 stack up in our rating system? I give it to Hogan. Wow, that's pretty good. Hogan's kind of a tall guy. So, yeah, he's 6'6", six, six, so that's, that's a, I would say that's an 8 out of 10. So, yeah, I enjoyed the show. I'm going to, in honor of the new cruiserweight title holder, I will be giving this a TJ Perkins. Wow. He is 5'10", so that's pretty average. Uh, so you give it a, you're giving it, what, a 4 then, I would say? I guess. I mean, that's why we don't do the numeric scale, Patrick, because right. it's our scale is so much better than I'm number. I'm just trying to average it out for fans, you know. My overall thoughts on the card, you can't complain too much because this was free. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had TBS... For a TBS show. For a TBS, for a Saturday night special, for this was a great, great... Yeah, it was fine. And I actually liked the way the Legends were used in this better than at a Legends reunion. Because you just see snippet, you just see him there. That's good enough. Well, as you know, I picked this one. I picked Clash of, of the Champions in honor of tonight's Clash of Champions. Patrick Young, referee extraordinaire. The power is in your hands. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Where because will we I be going? The one and only. We're going to go three, three and a half years into the future. Wow. Three years into the future. So all the way into the future of 1995? No. Oh, half. Half. So, so we're right into... We're in 1996. 1996. Wow. The future, 1996. WCW. Staying in WCW. We, we have are. been stuck in WCW we for we quite are. a while. You, you've got my creative juices flowing. That's disgusting. So we are going to a pay-per-view called Uncensored 1996. Oh, no. <laughs> Not Uncensored 96. Uncensored 1996. <sighs> you are, you're making a game of tormenting me is what you're doing. You got my hopes up with 1996, Patrick. I thought Bash the Beach 96. Right. I thought Great American Bash 96. <laughs> I was dream- I was like, wow, we are going to get a great show. But then you you pulled a swerve, pulled a swerve at the last minute, and it's uncensored. 
1996. Which is perfect advertising for children to say that <laughs> this will be uncensored because a kid would think they're going to show boobies yeah, on that, this thing. That is true. They are going to curse, they're going to murder people, and they're going to show boobies. I got to buy this. Unfortunately, as we will probably find out, none of those things happened. No. The Alliance to End Hulkamania. The Alliance to End Hulkamania take on Macho Man Randy Savage and the Hulkster himself, brother. Oh, no. This is the Doomsday Doomsday Cage Match. match. The Doomsday Cage Match. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you. I love this match. (sighs) The Mega Powers, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, will be taking on the Alliance to End Hulkamania. And here's the who's that of pro wrestling. When we get Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, okay, things are going good. Then we get Ming, the Barbarian, Lex Luger, the Taskmaster, Z Gangster. You'll find out who he is. And the ultimate solution, along with Woman, Miss Elizabeth, and Jimmy Hart. These are The odds are stacked. The odds are against, stacked. Just like we saw tonight, Patrick, sometimes... The good guys just can't overcome no. all these people. I mean, look at this. This is Ric Flair, Arn Anderson right there. I'd say this is a pretty even match. I don't know that Hulk and Randy can pull this one out. I don't think they can. Also on this card, we have Sting and Booker T taking on the Road Warriors in a Chicago street fight. Giant taking on Loch Ness in his one and only WCW pay-per-view match. The Booty Man will be in a match against Diamond Dallas Page. Colonel Parker and Medusa do an intergenders singles match. We get the Belfast Bruiser, we'll find out who he is, taking on Lord Steven Regal. And finally, Conan takes on Eddie Guerrero. Wow. It's a good start up to 96. <sighs> you had just... On paper, yes, on it paper. sounds great. It's going to be awesome. Triple tier cage. <sighs> A triple-tier cage uh, before the greatest WCW champion, David Arquette, would take his shot in a triple cage. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. I actually saw this for the first time not too long ago. I am so glad I get to watch it again. (laughs) Next week on the Retro Wrestling Podcast, we will be talking Uncensored 1996. Hide your kids, hide your wives. And for the Retro Wrestling Podcast, as always, I'm Intern Alex, and this is... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always... My closing line's a clothesline. Bingo, bango. All right, see you next week. So what are you waiting for? Let's do it now. Yeah, I'm here, so what's the deal? Cut the crap! Do I have to come over there and kick your... You think I'm afraid of some wheel? You think I'm afraid of you? You talk too much. Get to the point.